Welcome to 2022. Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year to you. This is it's, we haven't done this for like since uh, last year. Yeah, exactly. We've taken a couple <laughs> of weeks off, which uh, you know is a nice thing to do during the Christmas holidays. But I have to tell you, I'm so excited to be back and uh, getting on the road again. Yeah, I, I actually miss doing it. So you know, and, and I so I'm glad to be here today too. And I actually enjoyed doing all the prep work too. It's really fun. Yeah, me too. So we've got a pretty mixed bag again today to start off the new year. We're going to be talking about Aretha Franklin and then little David Bowie and then some of the worst neighbors ever. So uh, what do you think? Worst neighbors and worst brothers. Well, that's right. I'm sure we're giving it away here, but uh, are you ready to uh, get on the road again? Absolutely. All right, let's cue up our brand new intro music. Here we go. It's a new year and it's a brand new Wayback Music Machine. CD player? Check. GPS? Double check. Roll bar? They're on the way. I'm Tony Stewart. I'm Aaron Badgley. And we're getting ready for another rock and roll road trip. Are you ready, my friend? I'm always ready. Well, in that case, buckle up because it's road trip time. So, Tony, for our first road trip for the year, where are we heading first? We are heading to one of my favorite cities, actually, Cleveland, Ohio, January 3rd, 1987. So we'll punch it in here using our fancy dandy sound effects, and off we go. So I just have to say, Aaron, that the new GPS system that we put in over the holidays Mm-hmm. is a lot more reliable than your directions. I'm I'm sorry about that, but... Well, you know, I, I just figured out that if I hold my hand in front of me, the left hand forms an L with my thumb and finger. <laughs> 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 so, 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 Tony, why are we here in Cleveland, Ohio, on this very cold day in 1987? Well, we are here in Cleveland, Ohio, because we are going to be witnessing the induction of the first ever woman to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 1987. And 1987. And for listeners out there, I wonder if you can guess who that is. We're going to give it away here. We are, of course, talking about the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin. And very worthy choice as the first woman inducted in. But where do you start with someone like Aretha Franklin? What a legend. I know. I mean, from beginning to end. And first, what a voice. What a voice. And and it never faltered. Um, She, from beginning to end, she had a most amazing voice. She was born in 1942. Yeah, her father was a Baptist minister. And like a lot of these early pioneers of this style of music, they were very influenced by the church. And of course, same with her, right? Grew up singing Mm -hmm. in a church choir. And uh, she was touring at the age of 12. Her father... Uh, managed her career he would uh, he would go around with his gospel caravan tour and he would have her perform in churches all over the south so uh, pretty amazing but you know what I find incredible is how long she was at this and didn't have chart success it was it was unbelievable yeah well, she didn't. I think it, it, she didn't get chart success until she signed to a major label, and I think it was Atlantic Records who really kind of let her do her thing. You know, Atlantic was uh, that label that kind of nourished her and 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 let her find her voice, so to speak. Right? Yes, and some some amazing collaborations. Right? Who would have thought that a song written by Carol King 
would be one of Aretha Franklin's biggest hits, right? And of course, I'm talking about uh, Natural Woman. I mean, what a what a unique idea to have someone like Aretha Franklin sing that and just knock it out of the park, too. Well, and and she also she tackled some some Beatles songs. Like she did a great version. I mean, Paul McCartney speaks of her version of Let It Be as being one of his favorite covers, right? Yeah, as well. Her voice is unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable range. Um, she sets the standards for for all uh, pop and rock singers to follow and to emulate. But you know, her voice held up right even into old age, which is amazing too. Her range well, didn't change that much either. No, and do you remember that? Do you remember that duet she did with George Michael? I knew yes. you were waiting for me. That yep. was a great song. That was a fantastic song. But she held her own with George Michael, and I'm not saying that George Michael was better because he certainly wasn't. But talk about two different genres of music coming together to form a really great song that that I don't think anyone predicted would be a good and be a hit. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? One of my uh, big memories of Aretha Franklin is that really still. Uh, touches me every time I see it is when she sang at President Obama's inauguration. Mm. Do you remember that? I sure do. Absolutely. That yeah. was, you know, you just knew that was a, a little piece of history that you were witnessing right there. And do you remember how hopeful everybody felt back in 2008? I remember how hopeful people felt in 2019. But yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. But 2008, right? You feel you just felt this unbelievable sense of optimism yep. and and you wonder how do we go from that to to where we are now right it's it's a little well, bit sad well how did you go from obama to 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 trump yeah you know i know um, i know but but to your point tony i just want to say that she didn't have any hits on the columbia label she signs to atlantic records in 67 and her first hit is i never loved a man the way i love you which is a fantastic song and it made number two yeah, and she's done some other fantastic songs, right? Uh, of course, mm-hmm. her signature tune, Respect, um, that's an Otis Redding tune. Great song. Yeah, I think even Otis would have to say that she kind of uh, trumped him on that one. That was, oh, yeah. That's her, mind you, I love the Otis Redding version, right? version too, right? Yeah, I love um, Otis's version too, but you, I think the definitive version of that song has to be Aretha as well. And the other one too, I, I would agree, and the other one that she kind of made her own was... Uh, uh, Chain of Fools and Do Right Woman, Do Right Man. Oh, I love yeah. both of those songs. Those are so great, you know? Yeah, it's so, so great. And uh, the playlist for this week is going to be fantastic, I think, just because of who we're talking about all through well, today's I, episode. Exactly. You know, I, it's going to be a long one because it's kind of like, well, where do you stop? Because you want to kind of put some of the best, you want to represent these artists with some of their best material. And, and Aretha... It's kind of hard to kind of say, well, that's not very good or that's not very good. Because you're quite right. Up until the 2000s, she was still putting out fantastic music. It may not have charted as high, but she was still putting out great music in the, in the 2007, 2008, you know? Oh, absolutely. I saw a video of her. Now, this is very close to when she died. Uh, mm-hmm. She went back to a church that she had sang in as a very, very young woman and sat down at... Uh, the piano. And of course, that's another thing about Aretha's musical legacy that pe- a lot of people don't even know is she is a tremendous piano player. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, not just a good piano player, a tremendous piano player. And when you see her sitting in uh, earlier on in her career with big band sessions and stuff, unbelievable. But she comes to this church where she had sung as a teenager and 
she sat down at the piano and you can tell she's in very, very poor health, but you know, she plays the piano and she's singing these old gospel hymns and it, it is amazing. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely moving, isn't it? Yeah. So you've seen that one as well, eh? Yeah, I have. I, I, I think it's an incredible... I forget. Someone shared it with me. I just thought it was it was moving as beyond belief. Just incredible. I don't know if I mentioned this to you, Tony, but our eldest daughter, Emily, used to go to school in Savannah, Georgia. And there was a church in Savannah, Georgia that didn't have any hydro, no running water. It was, it was built in the early 1800s, and they never, you know, um, modernized it. And every Sunday night... They would do these candlelit, gaslit gospel singing. Oh wow! And it was hot, oh beyond hot, because there was no AC in there. But my goodness, the music that came uh, out in that church just incredible. So seeing Aretha made me always think of that because I could picture her singing in such a small church and just her voice captivating everyone. You know? Oh, for sure, one of a kind, without doubt. Have you seen the new movie starring Jennifer Hudson? No, I haven't. Have you? No, it kind of came and went really quickly, I think. Yeah, you know? I'd like to see it because I'm a big Aretha Franklin fan. So, uh, yeah, interesting to see how Jennifer sure. Hudson handles her, though. I'd like to, um, I don't know. I, I, I think I'd be, I'd be watching it going, I wish I could hear the real Aretha Franklin sing these songs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because that would be intimidating for sure, trying to cover <laughs> someone like Aretha, boy. I wouldn't touch it. Wouldn't touch it. <laughs> Now, uh, what was on the charts, though? We're looking at uh, January 3rd, 1987. Yeah, I I thought I would look at... Now, these charts' names have changed over time. They were originally called the Soul Charts, and then they were called the Black Charts. Now they're... I don't know what they're called now, but Urban. They're called Urban Charts. So I looked at the top five singles for this week, uh, 1987, when Aretha was inducted. And oddly enough, she had a single at number seven called Jimmy Lee um, on that chart. Number five was another singer who I, I I love his voice, Luther Vandross, and Stop to Love. And, you know, he got his start with someone we're going to be talking about next, which is David Bowie. Oh, yeah. Okay, that'll be great. He did. Uh, number four was Ready for the World, Love You Down. Number three was, not a fan, Bobby Brown, a song called Girlfriend. Uh, two, Cool in the Gang and Victory. And number one, Here's a name you don't hear much anymore is Janet Jackson. And the song was called Control. Oh, I remember she that song. She was huge. Do you remember how big she was? Oh, yeah. In fact, I mean, her popularity at that time was was almost rivaling her brothers, right? Yeah. I agree. I agree. But uh, she never, she didn't, she didn't maintain it. In fact, she was just recently on um, Mass Singer. So there you go. Oh, boy. Tony, before we leave this subject, I have to say something. Sure. If you look at the list of women who are not in the Hall of Fame right now, it's 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 almost criminal. Like Dolly Parton, Cher, Big Mama Thornton, who was the original singer of Hound Dog, Cindy Lauper, the Shangri Laws. I mean, what the heck, eh? Well, and the fact that it took uh, until what twenty twenty one to induct yep. Carol King, and Carol King, Tina Turner. Like, what's going on here? Unbelievable, Tina Turner in twenty twenty one. Unbelievable. I, I just have to say that because I, I think sometimes the the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, as much as I love going there, and I do, is a wee bit out of touch. Yeah, I I agree with that sentiment. But uh, hopefully that'll change in the years to come, right? Well, let's vote. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to be uh, going way ahead to. 2016 January the 8th and we're going to be talking about David Bowie so are you ready to uh, make the jump 
I'm ready and willing. All right. Well, let's punch it in. Here we go. Well, here we are at one of our favorite destinations, New York City, on January the 8th, 2016. So this is a a happy and a, a sad story at the same time, isn't it? Because we're talking about David Bowie. And what happened on this day, Aaron? Well, um, he released his 25th uh, studio album called Black Star, which was was a shock to everyone. No one knew he even recorded it, which was coinciding with his 69th birthday two days before. Um, And unfortunately, two days after he released the album, the album came out on a Friday, Sunday night, he sadly passed away. And and I have to say, this is hard to talk about because I'm a huge, you know, I'm a huge Bowie fan. Yeah. And in fact, on Friday... I had bought the album Black Star. I bought it on CD and vinyl, and I, l- I listened to it all weekend. And I played it for anyone who would, you know, care to listen. So I was a bit shocked on Monday morning, waking up hearing the news that we had lost David um, the night before. The other weird thing was we had bought tickets to see a concert on the Tuesday night. So this is the Monday, the Tuesday next night of a tribute concert to David Bowie's f- album. Um, uh, not Blackstar, but his an old album. And his old original backup band was performing, and they're going to perform the whole album. Oh wow! And we had tickets, oh. and it was the weirdest thing. I, that was a weird night. Anyways, um, yeah, Mr. Bowie, and he lived in Soho in uh, New York City, and uh, he passed away. And you know uh, what? A prolific guy, eh? Twenty-five studio albums. I know. And 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 really, I mean, you you look at his stats. I mean, this guy had, you know huge hits but this was his first and only album to make number one in america i i'm shocked by that to be honest you know sometimes we run across these stats and it, it's just a huge surprise doesn't isn't that surprising i thought let's dance and made number one i checked the charts and it made top 10 but it didn't make number one yeah that's amazing and it racked up a bunch of grammys too didn't it this album it always seems to be after the fact, don't you think? I mean, I, I wish yeah. we could pay tribute to artists while they're still with us, as opposed to waiting until they pass away. But, anyways, yeah, it's a. It was so he he. Uh, are you a Bowie fan? I mean, I don't think we ever talked that much about Bowie. Do you like David? I wouldn't call myself a hardcore Bowie fan, but I certainly uh, am a fan, um, mm-hmm. and I appreciate just what an innovator and how original he was. You know, this guy. You talk about an artist who marched to the beat of his own drum his entire oh, yeah. his entire career, and a massive trendsetter as well. So, did you know that Apple Records turned him down? Yes, we talked about that. I think. Yes, on we, an we, oh, we did. Show. We did. Yeah, we did. yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which can is you, pretty can, incredible, isn't it? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Apple Records turned him down in 1969, um, which I don't know why they would, because it, I would think that of all the artists, that he would have fit perfectly on Apple. I mean, they, they, they started James Taylor's career and Mary Hopkin and all these hot chocolate who had hits in the 70s. But they turned down David Bowie. Hmm, I don't now, know. But, but, late, but later on, he recorded with Lennon, right? Oh, that's right. Now, I was going to say, what you know, David Bowie's one of those guys, the, the first thing you think of. You know, if you had one word to describe David Bowie, it would be cool, wouldn't it? Oh, he, he I don't really care what, what age he was. He, even just before, prior to his death, there were these photographs of him. So cool. The man just oozed coolness, right? You could, I don't think he could help it. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. And and like we said earlier, just such a trendsetter and and uh, such an individual. And uh, what a loss, you know. Sixty nine really is not that old. So even when he played the Goblin King in that movie, um, oh, uh, the Dangerous. Was it Labyrinth? Is that the one you're talking Labyrinth. about? Labyrinth, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was the coolest Goblin King of all time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go back, Sarah. No, great film. Great film. And he was great. And he did. There's, there's songs in that film, Underground and uh, Magic Dance. Great soundtrack, folks. If you could find You know what? I'm going to include Underground in the Spotify. Oh, yeah. Do that. Now, do you remember song. his uh, cameo in Zoolander? Are you a fan of Zoolander, by the way? I love that movie, I, so... One of my the 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 gas station scene, yeah. one of the best. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, David Bowie hosting the emceeing the dance off is <laughs> such a great scene. <laughs> he he would do these cameos in these movies, but that is, I think, that's the best cameo he ever he ever did. Um, the other one that you ever see the show Extras? Uh, no. Oh, it was Richie Randy Gervais and and. Uh, He's a, it's all about extras in TV shows and movies, and, and he meets David Bowie in a pub or a bar, <laughs> and, and Bowie writes a song about the little fat man, sad little fat man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, Zoolander is one of my, uh, it's up in my top favorite comedies. I, 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 you know what? I can watch it anytime. I still laugh. Oh, well, you know what? That's why we're such good friends, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 100%. 100%. But I did want to mention that, that that Luther Vandross sang backup for David Bowie on his Young Americans album, and that's where Luther really kind of got his big break. And you know, do you do you remember when uh, David Bowie gave the gears to MTV for oh, not playing enough black artists, and he wasn't subtle about it either. He called them right out in that interview. Do you remember that? Do you remember the interviewer looking remarkably uncomfortable? Oh yeah. Like, and, and it was like he couldn't answer, but, but Bowie was, and he didn't let it go. David did not let it go. Well, no, and the uh, interviewer tried to make, uh, I, I'm trying to remember who the interviewer was, but uh, he tried to make, you know, some excuse, and Bowie said, that's BS. Yeah. Flat out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, I, you know, uh, th- that was the, the beautiful thing about Bowie. And, and we had just talked about him also before Christmas because he did that great duet with uh, Bing Crosby. Which, oh, yeah. Which, you know, who would have thought that, 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 that here's, so here's this guy who's calling people out for not playing black music, singing with Bing Crosby. How do you not think this man is ultra cool, right? Oh, absolutely. And so, the, now were the charts cool that week? It's 2016, so that's fairly recent. Um, uh, well, first of all, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> So, um, you know, meanwhile, David Bowie's Black Star got the Brit Awards for Best Album of the Year and all that wonderful stuff. But the top five albums uh, in America were kind of, I don't, I don't know this band. I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not embarrassed to say, but I, Fetty Wap. You, you know heard, what? I'm not embarrassed to say that I've never heard of them either. So. Missed that one somehow. Um, number four was One Direction, Made in the AM. <laughs> Made their career in the AM. <laughs> 21 Pilots, number three with Blurry Face. They're still around. Um, hey, Justin Bieber, who would have thought he'd come up with really good donuts? Um, <laughs> his album Purpose. And Adele. Do you ever heard of Adele? Oh, yeah. She seems like she just pops her head up every once in a while, right? And yeah. and just 
creates these huge waves in the industry, right? So she's like a groundhog. <laughs> <laughs> if she sees a shot, or she goes to number one. Um, <laughs> and the Beatles, the Beatles had five albums in the top one hundred because for the first time in that week or the week prior. Their music was available to stream through things like Spotify and Pandora and all that kind of stuff. And actually, there was so much activity in the Beatles catalog that their albums were charting all over. And the highest charting album was number 16 on the album one. Oh, so, my goodness. Yeah. 2017, the Beatles are still selling records or selling streams or whatever you call it. Now, I'm going to ask you a question that's out of left field here. Are you ready? I don't know. Maybe. Sure. Okay. Have you ever had really bad neighbors before? I'm going to say yes, but not. They, I, they were reasonable, but yeah, bad neighbors. How about you? Oh, I've had bad neighbors. We moved uh, once because of bad neighbors, but. Uh, Seriously? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you that story oh. some other time. But uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking about potentially the worst neighbors of all time here. Uh, and we have to go to England for this. I love going over to the UK. So I'm assuming we're going to London here. But do you want to head uh, head to January 3rd, 2002 to London? And, and London. Yeah, absolutely. Please. All right. Off we go. So, Tony, not only... Well, first of all, love being here in London. Love London. Um, not only are these guys perhaps the worst neighbors... I would venture a guess that they're just not the best of siblings. No, um, and and I think you're right about that. And and you know there have been plenty of sibling rivalries uh, in rock and roll, including you know the Everly Brothers and uh, the Davies but, Brothers and the Kinks. Yep, but I'd say that these two fellows uh, put both of them to shame, don't you? <laughs> they they actually take it to another level. Yes, they really do. They really do, and and of course we're talking about Liam and Noel Gallagher of Oasis. Now here's the story, folks. Um, Liam and Noel Gallagher topped a poll of celebrities that you would least like to live next to. They got forty percent of the vote, so it was a forty forty percent forty percent. So readers of Your Home magazine uh, voted that the brothers from Oasis. Uh, would be the worst neighbors from hell. And you know what? I don't think I could argue with that. Could you? Well, I mean, their fights, their fights are legendary. I mean, um, and, 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 and you know what? It, part of it's very funny, but the other part is if I was a fan, I would be so upset that things were canceled because these two could not get their act together. You know what I mean? Well, like, and so many gigs canceled, right? It's not just one or two, like tons. No. Of like major, major festival gigs, like like the V Festival in, in 2009, uh, the cancel was doing to Liam having a, sorry, having a hangover. And then he sues the guy for, sues his brother, Noel, and demand an apology. Truth is, I had laryngitis. <laughs> no, it was a hangover. <laughs> well, you know, and uh, so many instances like that. The other big one, of course, was the uh, MTV Unplugged, where right before the show literally right before the show liam said i'm not doing it and he went out into the audience and sat in the audience and drank and smoked and heckled his brother and uh, of course you know noel took it in stride and he had to go and uh, 
do all the lead vocals himself and he actually did a great job it was fantastic have you watched that set uh, I've seen bits of it. I've never seen the entire thing, but you're right. He is he he did okay, you know. Yeah, I watched the entire set. They did twelve songs, and uh, I mean, Noel really stepped it up. That would be the pressure of that must have been enormous, especially having Liam cancel at the last minute like that. But I'm sure, in the <laughs> back of his mind, Noel must have must have known. But he's not a yeah, lead but, singer like his brother is, right? So yeah, but Tony. It's, it's one thing to do that, but the other thing is to have your brother heckling you as you do. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> and, um, you know, they had rehearsed too. Like the band had taken this extremely seriously. They two solid weeks of rehearsal every day uh, before this MTV show. They really wanted to be taken seriously. And um, out of those, you know, whatever it was, 13, 14 rehearsals, uh, Liam only showed up to three of them. And he would only sing for part of them and kept saying that his throat was sore. And the day of, they weren't sure if he was going to show. He showed up and then he said, yeah, I'm not doing it. My throat's sore. And at the end of the show, I'm not sure if you know this story, uh, because they did the 12 songs. And at the end, uh, MTV asked them to re-record uh, the first one that they did. And he, uh, it was Hello, the song Hello. And then all of a sudden, Liam's uh, laryngitis seemed to be cleared up and he wanted to come on stage and sing it. And, uh, you know, the entire band, not just Noel, said, uh, no, screw you. Like, we're doing this <laughs> without you. <laughs> well, I, you know, Noel, Noel has a, his own band now. And I've heard their albums. They're quite good. I, um, saw, I saw Noel, actually. Uh, what, a, in, a few, on TV? Or? No, in live a few years ago. When? When did you see Noel? He was at Blues Fest with his band. The Flying Birds or whatever they're called? Yeah, or? yeah. Yeah, it was great. You saw... I didn't know you saw Noel Gallagher. Yeah, I did. Rick and I went together, yeah, and saw that. Did he do a lot of Oasis stuff, or was he doing mostly his solo stuff? No, there were a few Oasis tunes in there as well, but uh, yeah, really? he, was, he was great. Wow, I, Tony, you're so cool. You no. see, you're cooler than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you've seen an awful lot of shows more than I have, because, yeah. well, you yeah, know... Yeah, but seeing Noel Gallagher, that's pretty cool, man. That's it is cool. cool. But you know, one of the things, you're so lucky living in Toronto, right? You get all these big shows. I'm out in the middle of nowhere, right? So, Well, yeah, but you know what? That's going to change soon. So, oh, absolutely. You know. <laughs> yeah, I cannot wait. <laughs> it's going to change. Yeah, I, I, are you, a, are you a, a big fan of Oasis? Or, or how are you, like, what I, do you with the Oasis boys? I really like Oasis, to be mm -hmm. truthful. I, I mean, great, great band. Um and their popularity, in my opinion, is, was well-deserved. But what about you? Well, I was the same, but I, I thought it was interesting. They came out at the same time as Blur. Blur? Blur. Blur. Okay. Blur. And it was almost like the old 60s where there's the Stones and the Beatles. And Blur was kind of like the Stones and the Oasis was kind of the Beatles in terms of, of the musicality. Because I think Oasis, they, they, I mean, they're very influenced by the Beatles. We know that. Yeah. But, um, but their music is very... Uh, for lack of a better word, very musical, very melodic, very complicated. There's some songs you kind of go, well, I don't know where they're going to go next with it because they, they change it up mid-song. Um, two very talented guys. I mean, the whole band was talented, right? Blur, I thought, were kind of a one-trick pony, a wee bit. I like Blur, but they kind of were more of a novelty act with their kind of sillier songs. And if I hear that woo-hoo one more time, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, I like. I never saw Oasis live though. I never saw them live. So. Oh, you know what? It would be great to see them live. But uh, you know, they've fought on stage, just oh, like uh, the Everly Brothers did. You know, uh, who was it? I think uh, Liam hit Noel over the head with a tambourine. I think once on stage. You know, and they they bickered back and forth on stage and. The interviews where they are arguing back and forth. Have you ever seen those? Oh, I know. And and even even they're 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 epic. And then the one that even press releases like Noel appeared on the band's website. A message is with sadness and great relief. I quit Oasis. Yes. Like people will write and say what they like, but I simply could not go on working with Liam a day longer. Yeah. Wow. And you know. Uh, the the feud doesn't stop there though, and then it goes online, right? They they take it to Twitter. Oh, I know. I, I, you know, I, I'd love to be at their home for Christmas. Oh, did you see um, Liam posted a picture of Noel and just with the word his face and then just the word potato? Did you ever see No. That? When was recently? <laughs> Maybe last year, I think, or the year before. i got to look that up. I've got to look that up. That's classic. That's classic. I mean, they're just back and forth all the time. But yeah. You know, you wonder what would have happened, eh, if they had have been able to get it together because Oasis was a great band. Well, you also wonder what what role the drugs and alcohol played in the the whole thing too, right? Which is, I don't want to bring that in, but sometimes it does have an impact, doesn't it? Well, it had a huge impact. I know for the MTV Unplugged show, uh, you know, the three rehearsals that Liam showed up to, he was in the same clothes for all three. It was three days in a row. And the band, I mean, they knew. Right, they knew that he was uh, on a bender. Right, so unfortunately, oh dear, yeah, dear, 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 dear. Well, uh, you know what? We have all their music we can go back to, and and uh, what? Which one? One of them has a kid named Lennon. I think it's Liam, isn't it? Oh, it might be. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Anyways, yeah, big Beatle fans, good guys. Yeah, well, you know, they had some great songs. Like just off the top of my head, uh, "What's the Story?" "Morning Glory" is such a great yeah. song. You know. Um, Great stuff. Yeah. And and they recorded with the they did that great cover of Come Together with Paul McCartney and Paul Weller. Fantastic oh, that's cover right. version. Yeah, yeah. Really good. So You know what else surprised me about the MTV show? Um was <laughs> I like I gotta watch this now, but yeah, what's that? Well, did you know they used a horn section? Like trumpets and yeah. saxophones. Yeah, amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. Like live on stage. Yeah, live on stage. I was wow. when I was watching it, I was looking around, okay, where are the horn players? Because I wasn't sure if they were uh, using a synth or not, but it was actual horn players. Yeah, they finally showed them that when the camera panned over there. Good on them. Yeah. Good on them. Yeah, very cool, right? Because, uh, you know, Noel had said they wanted the MTV Unplugged show to be something totally different, right? Well, if it's an Oasis, guys, yeah, it's going to be different. Oh, yeah. You just 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 know it's not going to be your run-of-the-mill um, Unplugged show, right? So. No, exactly, exactly. Now, uh what are we talking about for charts here, though? Again, 2002, well, right? So Yeah, and I thought I'd go to the British charts. And um, there are some interesting things on the charts. Number five was a, a band that I could never get into called S Club 7. Do you know them? Well, I know this song. That's uh, that's the only Sunshine? reason I know them, yeah. Yeah, not not my favorite. And if you like it, that's cool. But not, I mean, not you, but if you like it too, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um Stereophonics, number four, with just just enough education to perform. Great title. Yeah. Love that title. I don't know the song or the album. These are albums. I don't know the album, but love that album title. Number three is a group called Blue with All Rise. Two, Gabrielle with Dreams Come True. 
And I'm curious, are you a fan of Robbie Williams? Oh, yeah. Robbie Williams is great. What about you? Yeah, he's he never, I, I am as well, but he never made it over here, did he? I mean, he was massive in the UK and Europe. A number one album, Sing While You're Winning. He never made it over here. And I don't know. I, I was wondering if you have any theories as to why do you think he never broke America? Yeah, Canada? right. Because he didn't really at all, right? Like we've, we've heard of the guy, but over here, he certainly didn't have near the success that he had in England. I, I'm not sure. What do you think? I, I wonder, I don't know, because I love, I was just at Christmas time, I was listening to Angels, which is one of my favorite tracks by him. And he's got this great voice, great production. I, and I, I wonder, maybe, maybe he's a bit too much in the Elton John that maybe people, call, I don't know. I, I think, I don't think he sounds like Elton John, but I could see a similarity, but I love him. I think he's, I think he's remarkably talented. Oh, so do I. So that, that's a good point, though. I'm, I'm going to have to think about that some more because... <laughs> Well, poor old Robbie. Well, number one in England, and uh, he—I think everything he does goes to number one. And he was—he originally started in a boy band, so he broke that. He did all right. He's done all right. Now we have one final segment for the show today. We're going to head back to the present and do our from Memphis to Merseyside moment. And to kick off um, 2022, let's talk about uh, something pretty special that happened to the King. What do you think? I'm always into talking about the king. So yes, I'm in. All right, let's go home. Well, that was our first rock and roll road trip of 2022. And that was a lot of fun. And it, and it just flew by, didn't it, Tony? Oh, well, during the break, you know, we I was just saying the same thing. Like, where did the time go on this one? You know, I don't know. So our From Memphis to Merseyside moment, I'm going to let you take this one because uh, you're the chart guy, but this is really, really cool. Something that happened to Elvis Presley. So uh, take it away. Well, in 2005, the king claimed his throne again by going to number one in the UK singles charts with Jailhouse Rock. And it sold just about 22,000 or 21,000 copies to reach number one. Um, And it was originally, you know, released... You know, it was the 70th anniversary of its release, I guess, right? Or no, 70th anniversary of, of his birth. Sorry, of his birth. Yeah, yeah. But it was really released, and it made number one. And and I think it speaks to the timelessness of this man's music. You know, I I was just before the show, I was out and I was listening to the to listen to Elvis on the radio, and my gosh, you know, he sounds great today. He still sounds great. Yeah, he had an unbelievable voice, and uh, well, and you know presents. how you know how much I love Elvis, but. Uh, those movies, by the way, thanks for that, that Christmas gift. Uh, I've watched all four. That was, they're great. <laughs> well, I was, Tony and I exchanged movies this year, but without knowing, see, this is it. We're, we're such good friends and we know what each other wants <laughs> for Christmas. And he sent me some grand, I mean, fantastic Christmas movies and TV shows because I love Christmas <laughs> movies and TV shows. And Tony got some Elvis movies, eh? Yeah, no, and they're, uh, well, they're great. I mean, they're cheesy and they're a product of their time, but, uh, oh, they're still great, you know? Oh, uh, you got, you, you got, it's just, you take them for what they are. You don't try to sit there and go, well, there's no deep meaning. It's just, you oh, got no. and Elvis, uh, listen, I love Elvis, man. Yeah. Simpler so. time. And, and, uh, you know what movies that you put on the popcorn and you watch and you just soak it all up. Right. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's true. And, and the fact that Joe House Rock made number one, he had numerous number ones in the two thousands in the UK. Um, a little more conversation, a little less conversation. <laughs> 
in our last conversation, that made number one as a remix. Oh, my. I mean, he was, he's still big in the UK. And uh, I, I don't know, he doesn't chart as high in North America, but uh, recently there was a, an album just put out before Christmas of, of all of his Nashville sessions. And it did very well in the UK. It made top 10. Over here, it made top 30. But I, I don't know. I think he's got a great voice, and I think his music is as relevant today as it was 70 years ago. So, Well, and you know what? I don't think I could say that any better. And on that note, what a fun road trip this has been. Uh, thank you, folks, for putting us in your headphones again today. Now, what do you think, Aaron? Should I cue up our brand-new outro music? I'm very proud of it. Yes, yeah, I yeah, think we should. Too. Yeah, Rick, Rick did a bang-up job. Yeah, absolutely. So here we go, our new outro credits, and we'll see you next time, folks. Thanks for listening to our road trip. The music was by Rick Denis. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing, be sure to click the follow or subscribe button in your favorite podcast player. That way you'll be the first to know whenever we release a new episode. How else can people help, Aaron? They can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and check out our website. And if you think we're worth the five stars, please leave us a review. Thanks for hitting the road with us today, and we'll see you again soon. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. Hey, remember how 20 years ago I switched to Progressive? Well, now it's the future, and I used all those savings to buy this new hologram phone. Because, you know, it's the future, and everything is holograms now. So switch to Progressive and save big, because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary.